You're listening to Flux Pod. My name is Matthew Perpetua. This is a special edition episode. Got a chance to talk to Carl Newman, AC Newman from the New Pornographers. I've uh, been a big fan of the New Pornographers since pretty much the beginning, uh, back to around 2001. And, you know, before I talked to Carl, it occurred to me like how little I know about how he works. And there's just been a lot of things that have about that band that have been a little bit mysterious to me as far as just like decision making and you know just the process of it all so that's the focus of what this conversation is you know we get into a little bit of uh some specifics about the new record which is called continue as a guest in stores now um yeah i, I, I think i was in a little bit of a weird mood i had nothing to do with talking to carl i was just in a weird mood that day so i think that might come through my voice but nevertheless uh here it is uh me talking to Carl Newman from the New Pornographers. Thank you for listening. Hey, my name is AC Newman. I play in the New Pornographers and I write songs and such. Yeah, and I've been a fan for a very long time. And it occurred to me like there's a lot of things I do not know about how you work. So I wanted to ask yeah. you, like, kind of focus on that. Um, so, like, what is usually the starting point for writing music for you? Is, are you just kind of, like, amassing acoustic demos, or how does it work? Um, a lot of it's just, uh, I, it, it never even gets that far into demos. Um, like, just a lot of rough copies. You know, a, a lot of rough copies that feel like they never, they never are finished until they're finished. Um, I, I, I always start with, um... I always start with like just like chords and melody, um, just because that's that's the part that comes relatively easy to me, um, and then then I just I just run from there, you know. And then I feel like I feel like arranging is such a huge part of it. Like arranging and writing are just all part of the same process to me. Um, just figuring out how to how to play the song, like you know, the tempo it should have, just like the vibe it should have. Um, so it, a lot it, of the mystery to me was in the arrangement part because there's so many moving parts within the band. So, mm -hmm. do you write initially thinking about the other players, or no, 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 not at all. Um, I mean, hopefully, I mean, my my hope is that. The, you know the uh, the other players can like fill in where I feel like I don't know what to do. You know, like like sometimes I'm like, okay, I don't I don't know I don't know what this song the song should be, so I'll send it to John or you know, Catherine or Todd and just like send me back some stuff. Like, what do you think? Or you know, I mean, that's how we do it these days because so much of it is long distance. Whereas you know, in in another time, we would just get in the same room and and practice or we just get in the same room when we're in the studio and just mess around with different overdubs so so much of it is in the arranging to me like like me 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 having a song and just playing it on acoustic guitar i think this song isn't done this is just this is just a very skeletal version of the song and it, and it's a good place to start and i like i like it when the songs go off in their own tangents that's 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 fun um or or sometimes when a song is bugging me i'll think well just tear it apart you know if it's if it's if it's bothering you just tear it apart and see if you can find 
something else in it that you like. And then, was a good example of one of the ones that was kind of torn apart. You know, there are a few songs that didn't, there are a few songs from electric version that never made, never made the cut, never got finished. And I just, you know, I just looked at them later and went, okay, what, what's good? Like what's usable here? And then they become, they became songs from twin cinema. Like there's a few of them. Like, I feel like, uh, Falling, I feel like falling through your clothes, and and these are the fables. I think they they had their roots somewhere in in just abandoned ideas from electric version. It's 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 hard for it's hard for me to remember, but there's there's always there's always been a there's always been a lot of that. Just so like, like, what do you usually end up keeping? I guess it changes per song, but is it kind of like, okay, I like this chord progression or, you know, like some kind yeah. of harmonic part? Or sometimes sometimes a song just feels overwritten. Like sometimes I, a song has too many parts and I just think, okay, toss, toss out what doesn't work. What works? You know, and, and keep that. Oh, it's and, like the fashion advice where you just take off a few accessories before leaving. Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, and sometimes, like sometimes I'll cut half of a song out and then I'll just make it into a new song. Like like what, what I thought was the bridge of a song, I'll think, oh, this actually works as like the main body of another song. Um, so, what's a good example of that one where it's just like the, a song that was once one that became two? I don't know the um well there isn't a good example I can talk about uh there's there's an obvious one but it it it's the song that I'm recording right now um the song the song on this record called Firework in the Falling Snow when I I sent it to Sadie Dupuis because I was like I don't know where to go with the song and then she wrote a bunch of lyrics for it and it had it had way more parts and and then I just cut out those parts. And I thought, okay, now it works. You know, then I thought, okay, now the song feels focused. But then I had I had this other part of the song that I would occasionally listen to and go, this is really good. Because, you know, like sometimes you, ha sometimes you have two really good things, but they just don't go together, you know? Yeah. Like you, you have great ideas and it's like, okay, but you can't just put two good ideas together. It doesn't necessarily make a good song. And so, yeah, you... I pull a song apart and realize, okay, this this could be two, this could be two songs.
no, it it goes. It's such an ongoing process. Um, like like sometimes a song will take years, not because I'm toiling over it for years, just because I'll work on it and then I'll just decide this isn't working. It's bugging me, you know. And then I'll just I'll put it aside and and work on some songs that aren't bugging me and. And then I'll come back to it maybe, you know, like a year later and go, okay, I think I know what to do here. And yeah, and, so, and sometimes that process like goes on for like three years. Is um, it ever like 10 or 15? Are you doing like kind of Radiohead moves? Pro, You know, probably. Like I, like I remember like um, the big end, babe, one of our most famous moments, the the ending of Bleeding Heart Show, that whole "Hela, Hela, we have arrived too late." I I swear I wrote that part in like 1999 or 2000, and there was a version of that song that we were working on while we were writing Mass Romantic, and I just thought, no, it, it isn't working. You know, it was like there's some great ideas here, but it's not working. So like that that part sat around for like five years and then finally i thought wait I, I i know i know where to put this you know and i found a home for this part that i thought was great and then it ended up being you know a very important little part and i realized yeah. well like a good thing i held on to it because i could you know if i if i had left it in that song five years ago it would have been a b-side but i held on to it and waited till it was something turned into something better and then it became one of our biggest songs that I could license to commercials and shit like that. So with that song, was it kind of like a song in need of a climax? Um, I, I guess. Uh, that song was kind of a... Bleeding Heart Show was kind of a Frankenstein's monster. Uh, I'll, I'll always love it and that it worked. Like it was, it, was a, it was a kind of songwriting that doesn't often work. But sometimes you just get, you, you put all these elements together and it works. You know, and some sometimes it just feels clumsy, but that that song kind of fell together. And I remember after afterwards thinking, like, I hope people don't expect me to keep writing songs like this because this is very hard to do. <laughs> you know, it's it's a it's it's hard it's hard to write these songs that have that don't really repeat that have like a an A B C D E pattern. You know, like it was it like it was a, it kind of unfolds and i thought it's cool 
it's cool that it does that, but it's hard to repeat. I felt that same way about Jessica Numbers. Like I thought, this is one of my favorite songs I've ever written, but my God, I can't, I can't write a whole record of this. <laughs> this is, this, this is, this is hard to do. And I don't know if I want to do it. Um, how many, how often does it come easily where the song just kind of clicks together like pretty quickly from the start, starting point? Um, you know, the, the only one that pops into my head is the song End of Medicine from Electric Version. That one, because I wrote it as a B-side and I wrote it very quickly. Uh, we needed a B-side and I wrote it in one day and we started recording it the next day. And, and then I thought I really liked it. And I thought, well, I'm putting this on the record. This is a cool... This is a cool song, um, but it it's not that it's always difficult, but I think I'm just I'm just trying to find, you know, there's there's like it, it does not it doesn't often what I'm trying to do is not something that just that just pops together, you know? Yeah, because yeah, like, you, like, you'll hear some writers be like, oh, yeah, like my biggest hit. I wrote that in like a, in a, in a half hour, you know, like that kind of thing. Well, like I wish. I wish I could like I envy I envy those people where they have something they do that is just so so quintessentially them that they can like knock it out very quickly like like I envy somebody like John Darnielle who can just like write a song and just strum his guitar hard and go there it's my voice <laughs> and me strumming a guitar hard it's the fucking mountain goats you know and and you don't have to do anything else to it and I thought like I like I love that, but that's not that's not me. I mean, and and like you know, I I kind of wish I could do it that way, but I guess that's not what I want to do. <laughs> I think I think what 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 I what I want to do is is, is just something something stranger. I don't know. Yeah. It's, like, it's I, also like, hard for me to imagine what your music would be like without much harmony in it. Um, but I don't know. We. We have a lot of songs that don't have a ton of harmony, though. Um, I, I I try to be I try to be more sparing with it than than I used to be. I because it's it's too easy. Sometimes it's too easy for me. Like that's the part of music that that I find very easy. Like the the melodic harm, harmonic stuff. It's it's so easy for me to like write five part harmonies. But at some point, I'm like, this is too much, you know. I'm, Did you I'm feel like you be... kind of maxed out on that with Roll Bruisers? Yeah, I mean, I felt like, God, maybe I maxed out on it earlier than that. It's it's just, it's something that I come back to because, like I said, it's so I find it so easy that it's it's so easy to fall into it. Like it's it's so easy for me to sing a melody and go, okay, I'm going to sing this other uh, this other melody underneath it. Like even on this new record, when I I felt like I was trying to mess around with harmony in a different way. Like I was, I wanted the harmonies to be very, I wanted them to be like tight to the point where sometimes you don't even notice, you know, how much harmony there is. Like, like, like the verses on the song really, really light. Like I wanted, it's three, it's basically a three part vocals, but I, I wanted, but I, I wanted it to, you know, I wanted it to sound like, where like the harmonies are just supporting one voice i i don't it's hard to explain uh, yeah I, that song also has kind of a 
I think what I, I think I, I when I wrote about it when it came out, I was trying to like get it. Like, it, there's something that feels kind of like bisected or like diagonal about it. If that makes sense to you, that's good. If it feels yeah. kind of like the the whole thing is kind of like at an angle until it hits the chorus. Yeah, look, it's a yeah. I mean, we've always been kind of a math rock band, you know, like not 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 in the stand not in the standard way not in like oh we're we're really sharp and angular and and aggressive uh, or 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 prog but i think there's always there's always been that element that i i always say it always i really think it comes back to me loving backrack and david and i love i loved how i've always loved how asymmetrical their songs are how strange their songs are but they don't sound strange you know they sound they they're strange but they they sound like like ear candy so i've always thought that that was that was always a game like trying to trying to write stuff that's kind of ear candy but is also kind of off kilter so like even talking to talking to people about really really light sometimes i i don't notice how off kilter it is you know like like i think it's pretty straightforward but then i'm talking to our drummer and he's saying no, it's it's not. It's it's there's there's some real, you know, it 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 get it, it becomes very off kilter. It's hard to count. Like you add beats here and there, and I know it's just it's always it's always been there. I think it's just always and it still is. You know, I don't, I don't think I'll ever shake that. I don't. It's in my DNA. I mean, some songs I write are very simple, but left to my own devices, I think I just go. I go to a certain kind of math rock, or I guess you call it math pop. When you have a song like that, is that something where you know either originally Kurt or now Joe, the, your drummers, they, they do they figure out that that's what you were doing with the time, or is or is that something like you have already decided the time is going to be like that? Yeah, uh, it's it's an ongoing. Every record we've ever made, it's always me getting into these bizarre conversations with band members and drummers in particular because sometimes it's never clear where the one is you know because i'll start i'll i'll start a song that starts on the two or you know a song that starts on the one or it starts on the one and it'll start on the offbeat like and uh there's there's always those conversations where i'm saying 
I think I know where the beat is. I wrote it, man. I know where the beat is. Uh, but yeah, it's a. But I, I, I tend to, I tend to do that. Just write things in a kind of slightly upside down way. And I think, you know, like when I sometimes I'm working, I think, why do I do? Like, why do I do it like this? You know, so like, like, why am I making my life harder? Like, why don't, why don't I just write a song? It's G, C, and D. And it's in four four. It's like why? Why am I making my life harder? And I guess I must like making my life harder. So, what was the, the arranging process like when it became fully remote versus you know maybe partially remote? Because it seems like that's the the major thrust behind the new record. Um, you know, the great thing is. Um, for years we've just, we've just had a process where i can i can take songs and you know we we have the versions that the band has recorded in the studio and sometimes i just i just hack them up you know like cuz sometimes i'll think this isn't the song isn't working and it's like it's the song itself you know the structure isn't working so i will i will take songs i will take drums and bass tracks and just you know and just disassemble them and then I will bring it back to the the band and go, hey, we need to replay it. It's, you know, it's a new song. I've moved everything around and it's five BPM faster now. And, you know, we got to we got to replay it. And um, you end up having like group meetings to kind of talk this stuff out. No, not group meetings. Cause I don't I don't know what there is to really talk about. <laughs> it's It's not it's not like should we change this it's more like yeah i want i want to change this um and everyone seemed to be recording remote as well just from what i can tell from the lighter notes yeah which is how we've we've been doing it that way for a long time you know i realized a few years ago that that i didn't some people i did not need to be in the room with like like if if catherine's going to be doing a lot of like keyboard overdubs like I don't need to be standing behind her I realized like she she's got her home studio like her husband's studio her husband has a, a full studio in their house um so it's like yeah she can she can do all this stuff there and she can send it to me and I can listen to it and I can give her notes and so so much a lot of the long distance stuff I, I just think works works ideally I mean it, it's helpful that you know like John's a producer. Catherine has a studio in her house. You know, Todd has a home recording setup. I can record at home. I mean, even our drummer Joe. I think there might have been a song or two where he did the drums in his garage. You know, we're we're like, like even even now, twenty years in, we're still we're still making records in a very similar way that we used to. It's like, okay, how are we going to do this? You know, like let's let's do it by any means possible, like we always have. Do you think that? this has become an easier process simply by working together for so long? I think, I think it has. I mean, I think, I think we're, we're very much in a kind of sweet spot where we, yeah, it's like us, the way we work together is very, is very smooth. And, you know, like, and I trust, you know, I trust what band members are going to do. It's not like, Oh, I hate this thing Todd did. What am I gonna do? You know, there's there's none of there's none of that. Oh, he's gonna be so mad. I ditched his guitars. Uh, it's not 
I think everybody kind of knows, you know, I, I can talk to people and say, hey, I want this kind of vibe. I was thinking this, you know, and I'll give them people vague, vague directions or sometimes I'll just say, go crazy. Just do whatever you want. Just just do it. Do something cool here. And yeah, it, it, it seems to work, you know, and I trust I trust their instincts. So that's um, that's handy. How does it work with Nico? Do, like, does she call dibs on songs, or do? You, oh, I, no. I think, or, or do you like you always kind of write for her voice? Um, no, I don't really write for her, but I a song a song will take start taking form, and I'll think this would be good. This would be a good Nico song, you know. because uh, I, sometimes I write in just random keys. Like the song comes to me, and it's not necessarily in a key that's good for me to sing and so i'll think okay this would be good and you know i know i know i know a good key for her like from working with her so long i can generally tell when a song would be in her sweet spot so i'll think okay this would be good for her i'll give her this part um so was that basically the case for cat and mouse with the light yeah yeah uh it just it just felt like I don't even remember. Like, I don't even remember thinking, "Oh yeah, this is a Nico song." I just thought, "This will work." Yeah, this will work. I think this will be a good. This will be. Good, this will be a good Nico song. And some songs don't always work with Nico. Like there, it might seem insane for people <laughs> to think about, but there are songs where I've had Nico sing them, and I thought, "This doesn't work." Is there any good <laughs> you know, example like, of that one? I. I mean, n- nothing that's out. <laughs> Obviously, uh, there, there might be a. Yeah, I can't think. I can't think of one. There, but there, there have been a few where I thought, yeah, I, I think I should sing this one. This one's better if I sing. It just works better for my voice. Um, like, how does then, it work with like I, kind of factoring Catherine in? Because like Catherine will take leads as well. Yeah, that's. I I don't know. I mean, it, it it's all just kind of accidental at this point. I mean, the weird thing about this record was. Um, for all we did at lock, long distance, um, N- Nico was basically in our pod. So I saw her all the time during the pandemic. And it was ironic that during the pandemic, that was when I saw Nico the most. And that's when, you know, that's when I started playing with her just because I was I was nearby and I started playing in her band. Um, so I think th- that was just kind of why Nico ended up I think doing more singing on this record just because she was she was there. basically like it like it's always been it's like what do we who's around like who's around what do we what do we have lying around it's like there's a melodica here let's put melodica on it you know it's like my friend zach's here zach played saxophone let's put saxophone on it it's a 
it's just hey there's a pump organ let's let's put on the pump organ um it's just always been the the case where i i wish i wish i could plan it all out but it just kind of it just kind of unfolds has nico ever like tried writing for the band or is kind of the appeal to her that she does not have to do that i think that's truly the appeal to her is that she doesn't she doesn't have to do any of that i mean uh i think writing writing for her is it's a very long drawn out process for her you know like um like i like i don't like i don't think it comes incredibly easy to her which uh which makes it more all the more impressive that you know you know her records are so good you know i think like she she works in, incredibly hard on them like there aren't a ton of there aren't a ton of unreleased nico songs um like basically if she finishes a song she she's put it out there um so yeah she so she's in no she's in no rush to like write for us you know i think she's she's as happy she's as happy to show up and do her job i think she likes the lack the lack of pressure you know when you're when you're when it's your own project you know, there's so many things you have to worry about resting on your shoulders. And in the pornographers, she can basically come along for the ride. Yeah. And also just kind of focus on singing, which I imagine is probably the most satisfying part of it. Yeah. Well, I think she's always described it like, because she she comes in and does her vocals and then she like leaves. And then she, and then, you know, six months later, she hears like a finished record and she's always described it as like, somebody redesigning your house while you were away like you went on vacation and then somebody completely redesigned your house it's like yeah it's like it gets to be the record the record is absolutely not a surprise to me but it gets to be a surprise to her she gets she gets to hear it later how so i mean because this record feels like less live like is it what has it been like trying to figure out the live arrangements I don't know. Does it does it feel less live? I guess in some ways. I mean, I'm just thinking about it in terms of like there's songs on it where like I don't know necessarily how it would sound live. Like I think even Cat and Mouse and the with the light sounds like something where I'm not. It sounds like something that maybe the arrangement would be different. I that's gonna that one's gonna be interesting. I you know it's gonna it's going to be a little different. Uh, I'm looking I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, we'll see. Maybe it will be exactly the same. Um, yeah that one's my favorite of the new ones and that's what i'm just kind of curious because because you had kind of like given some like statements about the the three singles but i'm curious like what was happening with that song and like what the where, where you're coming from lyrically on that one because it's kind of i would say it's like very like emotionally potent but also like a little like hard to tell like where it's coming from you know it was i think that it was a, it was a song that i i made it um I made it very fictional, but I think I think it was based on. I think it, it was it was it was just the idea of like, you know, I think I was thinking of like you know being stuck together in the pandemic. Sometimes you know sometimes people just get on each other's nerves. You know, just classic, cla- classic, classic relationship stuff. People are stuck together. They've been they've been together for a long time, and I just thought it's like a can't stand. You know based trying trying to say like i know i know sometimes it must seem like i can't it can't i can't stand that you love me but that's not the case you know um 
then, so, so it's then, kind of like a, a much nicer version of the cure song and do you remember that one no that's the one where it's like um the whole chorus is like please stop loving me please stop loving me well i think i kind of i i kind of turned it into that like i think i i, I made it a little bit more i think i made it a little bit more um fictional and made it into more of like just more of a dysfunctional love song you know um it, it, one of one of those songs just like about a, about a, of a, a couple that should maybe not be together anymore um the song is like ambiguous enough to me that i was wondering if it was like more about having a kid or, or being a son or something like that i you know i think i mean it came yeah it, it didn't it, it it came it came from a place like I said it came from a place that was kind of apologetic like a kind of apologetic of being closed off um, but then I I decided to turn it into a song that was about being aggressively closed off you know and 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 it's clearly about a, a like a a couple that's been together too long because there's that line like um you're the last of my first mistakes left and you can take that as a compliment. Um, I don't know. It's just a, just a, just a snapshot. I don't mean to be the last one standing. Only meant to be the next best thing. You're the last of my first mistakes left, and you can take that as a compliment. Do you think that's a song where it would come across differently if you sang it instead of Nico? Mm, I think so. Uh, I think, and that's that's probably the logic. That was probably part of the logic of um, getting her to sing it. Like it would, it would give it, it it would, it would make the sense. Like her voice would make the sentiment it feel a little prettier. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> that's one of the big advantages of your band of having like multiple singers that the the singers have different tonalities that kind of this I think even just kind of comparing like Catherine and Nico Catherine's voice is colder and Nico's voice is so warm yeah that, that, that these they sound beautiful in contrast but they also kind of convey totally different things yeah yeah it's a uh, yeah it's 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 true um yeah it's nice it's nice to have that uh that option yeah I, I never thought of that till now but yeah you can uh you know one that, that's surprising to me because i would have thought that would have been like one of the the major parts of thinking about pearl bruisers because that, that's where it really is most striking i think well you know a song it's funny a song like champions of red wine 
I've said in interviews before, that was going to be me singing lead. And what Nico, what became the lead vocal was a Nico, Nico singing a harmony to me. I forget what I forget when my uh, melody line was, but then one day it just muted me and we're like, oh, so much better. You know, like just like get get rid of me. And now it's now it's Nico singing and like, oh, there it is. Now, now, now I hear it. Um, and that, that's also a good lesson of uh, a good lesson of in, in not being super precious about the melody, the way you've written it, you know, like like whatever, whatever I think the song should be when I wrote it, like whatever, whatever it unfolds and turns into whatever works, it's like that should be the melody. Like, who cares? Who, who cares what you, you know, what you wrote? Who cares about that exact competition? That story that composition that you wrote like six months ago like now it can it can become something else okay so, so let's wrap on like one bit of advice you can give so as a person who's made 15 albums what, like, what is your advice to someone who's maybe made two or three god i don't know <laughs> <laughs> kind of putting I, you I on the I, spot there i guess yeah i don't i don't have any i don't, I don't have any uh like whenever people teach songwriting, I always think like, who are you to teach songwriting? <laughs> you know, like, like, like every, like everybody writes in their own way. Who are you to tell somebody that the way you write songs is the way they should write songs? So I don't, um, I don't really have, I don't really feel like I should have any opinions on how, uh, what people should, <laughs> you know. Well, I, I guess I was thinking more of this, like the long haul of it, of just continuing to make records and have it remain interesting. You know, I, you know, I think part of it is like, I'm never, I'm never happy. Like I'm never, everything, every record I've done, I'm always like, okay, that's done. I'm like, that was okay. And I feel like I'm just thinking about the next one. You know, I'm like, I'm like, what am I going to do next? Uh, just, just, just str striving for that next thing. Um, and I, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever gotten over that. It's, it's the part, it's the part of it that makes me think like, I'm not going to stop. Am I like, I would really, something would really have to break me. <laughs> like, like, like for me to stop making music, it would, I would have to get a moment where I just say, I give up. <laughs> like like it would I think it would be it would be a horrible moment in my life where I, I like give up because I just feel like it's 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 a thing I'm I'm driven to do and um and I know like I'm just like it doesn't like it kind of doesn't matter if anybody's listening you know like I'm just gonna do it anyways and mm. and when I was working on this record during the pandemic I just thought like I remember the process of working on it seemed like enough. Like I didn't care if the songs were done. I didn't care if who was going to hear it. I didn't care when it was going to come out. It's just like, like the, the process of just trying to be creative. It will always drive me just trying to do something that I think is good. Uh, and, and that's, that's the only thing that, that drives me. I mean, obviously it's, it's what I do for a living, you know, there's that weird thing where like, well, I guess I have to keep on supporting. I have to keep on making money for the family, don't I? Um, but at, at the heart of it, I don't have any advice except, I don't know, try and make a cool record. <laughs> I think like, your like, advice like, is like, kind like, of stay hungry. 
<laughs> uh, I think I think so. Um, I've I've thought about that occasionally. Like if 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 at the age of eighteen somebody had said to me, "Here, you can have this career. How about you can work at this corporation and we'll pay you a hundred thousand dollars a year, and this can be your career," I would have gone sweet. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was like, "Great, I, I have a steady I have a steady job. Okay, this is awesome." And I might have, I might have not ever done music, but that was not my, it was not my fate at all. So, uh, yeah, there is a, there is an element of like, yeah, like, you know, staying hungry. And maybe if something weird happened and all of a sudden I was, had a massive hit and millions of dollars, maybe I'd go, I'm good. I'm not going to make music anymore. Um, so I guess we can all be grateful you did not get the corporate job when you were like 22. Yeah. Uh, which I knew, I knew that was never going to happen. Um, that was a that's that's like a that's like a sliding doors uh, alt history that's just too ridiculous to even consider. 